1: Hide your kids lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts.
2: Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls.
3: It's time. For the oh, yeah,
0: it's your favorite degenerates, aka the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined, as always, the Jennifer to my Ben. Chad Sowash is in the house, and we are happy to welcome back (laughs) <laughs> ryan steelberg to the show everybody thanks guys ceo and president there he is at Veritone.
3: There. i mean i i might number 1000 who's been on this show twice or where do where do i rank i mean how do i how do i come back like and break snl type of records here <laughs> we haven't had that many repeat visitors to be quite frank
0: i've been on xanax trying to manage my depression of being on a thousand shows so i don't really <laughs> remember exactly where we are at this point sorry <laughs> just
1: just to be fair, he's been taking Xanax pretty much as long as Xanax has been around, so, yeah. Today, Ryan, we brought you back because, well, first and foremost, we got to thank you for this. Play it, Cheeseman.
0: Then they shot and chase a podcast that <laughs> the world Thank you for this. Mm-hmm. Can't they make, make German sound This is all your in
1: Portuguese. fault. And you can find the Shadjian DT's, the HRS Most Dangerous Podcast, where you want to listen podcasts. This is all your fault, Ryan. We are now in five languages. People can barely understand us in English. Oh, so, so scary, right. so scary. Thanks to Veritone.
3: Offensive in multiple languages. <laughs> yep.
1: So that, that's, that's one application. We'll talk about, we'll talk about practical applications later, but John McCarthy coined the term artificial intelligence, AI, back in the 50s, but the promise and the practical application of AI really hasn't been demonstrated. I, I don't think really been incredibly powerful until here recently. I mean, we did see IBM with Deep Blue beat, you know, chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov in 97,
0: then Watson beat two Jeopardy champs in 2011. How dare you not mention ChatGPT in the first three minutes of this podcast? We're I've getting felt. there. We are
3: getting there. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like ubiquitous now, right? I mean, that's like <laughs> I say, throwing a pebble in the Pacific Ocean, you're going to hit somebody that's doing something with ChatGPT. Are you Are you surprised by that? Yeah, well, the speed of what it came out <clears throat> is is incredible, and what you're you're kind of seeing is as you know, an ex-Googler. They've had a lot of this tech for years, right? So you know, mm-hmm. La- Lambda is their large language model platform. They just didn't learn you know, how to it, demo it, it apparently. It, it, right. Well, well, they have mm-hmm. another problem. They got to make money, right? And so, so they, you know, so they when they're sitting on it. This reminds me when the world transitioned from primarily desktop right usage on the web to mobile. You know, Google and these mm-hmm. and these ad titans yeah. are like, oh my god, all of our ad screen real estate space, space just disappeared. And how are we going to you know make up the difference of billions of dollars if I can't serve, you know, display banner ads everywhere? When you, when you go from – and we're talking about, obviously, conversational AI and chat GPT here is when, when you go from a search result page, right, where it's very structured and Google has perfected, mm-hmm. ironically, using AI to, to serve which ads to you when you're getting the search results, trying to get as much ad dollars from a conversational search result – is challenging. Candidly, it's like oh, doing, yeah. you guys doing a native integration on one of your podcasts, right? In terms of like a, a sponsorship, so I think that that more than anything is Google has had the capabilities, mind you, arguably with better technology than ChatGPT and, and OpenAI, with better, ironically, guardrails. But they, they, you know, they can't release something that's potentially going to undercut right their their business model. That's why their their stock dropped a hundred billion dollars, as you guys saw, and it wasn't it wasn't that they answered a question wrong. It was, oh, my Lord, (laughs) where the hell are they going to make money, you know?
1: Yes, exactly. So, okay. So, so back to the question, back in those days, that was kind of, that was the novelty, you know, oh, look, Jeopardy champions are getting beaten. Gary Kasparov's blah, blah, blah. What's the huge difference between the AI of then other than, I mean, obviously processors versus today. And it seems like the promise, I guess you can say, quote unquote, the promise of AI is starting to actually
3: come to fruition. It's the beautiful mind in the past that always had many of the answers, but they couldn't communicate them effectively like humans like to communicate. So, you know, the calculator, right? I mean, again, we've had some power in our pockets now for years, right? Um, and a lot of crazy similarities of what when ChatGPT and large language models were rolled out, schools are freaking out. Like, oh my god, it's it's banned. Can't use ChatGPT <laughs> for school use. Um, you know, as we all know, calculators, right? You know, depending on what class you're in, you finally advanced. I guess they think you're smart enough that you can use right in an advanced, ge- you know, you know, geometric or you know, a, a advanced calculator in in the future. That's where we. So I think where we're seeing here is you, you're just a slow progression. And if we we think AI technology is is slowly um, trying to uh, to replicate and augment the human mind, right, and, and the number mm-hmm. of synapse points, et cetera, et cetera, um, you're, you're you're just all these things absolutely are are AI. They're just they're just now getting smarter. They're getting more powerful, and it's kind of like that again. More dangerous. I, or or dangerous. It's I I but I, when I'm saying like that the, it's the brilliant kid that can't speak. Right, you have to. You have to ask him a specific question, and if you ask him in the right format, mm-hmm. he'll give you a brilliant answer. Now, what you're seeing because they have so much training data, and they and they've now have the the successful technology at scale to put conversation around it. Now, when I ask a question and saying, "Hey, you know, can you make me a compilation song or write me a song that blends the style of Eminem and Katy Perry together, and I and I want it to be um, very explicit?" Right. What I just did that prompt, that prompt that you could have gotten a search result from a, a multiple different sources, but now they can present it to you. Literally, you have to wait. You only have to wait a couple seconds and something comes out at you that is so good that David Guetta is putting it on his stage these days. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that's the difference is the a lot, the brain power has been there as we're moving. I'd say higher functioning cognitive processing is is there. Uh-huh. But now the presentation, the ability to communicate very human-like in terms of conversational format in speed, right, for immediate gratification, mm-hmm. is what, what everybody is seeing as a quantum leap now in in AI.
1: But that's the thing, though. It's the immediate gratification. We've had so many awesome technologies that have been behind the wall, and nobody's had access to them. So what really ChatGPT has done is it... Ex- it has exposed the power of technology that many of these companies already have and they've had for years. But they've finally, they finally they finally let out the, the genie out of the bottle. So the big question is, how many other companies other than BARD, let's say, for instance, they start to publicly display just how much power they have
3: uh, behind the wall? You know, this is really going to show the, the big boys' digital divide, right? How expensive... It is to run uh-huh. and train these large language models. You're not going to see a ton of large language models come out. You're going to see hundreds mm-hmm. and millions of, of I'll call domain-specific language models, right? So yes. you know, I, I'd say it's the world we live in in chatbots today when you go and have a horrible experience trying to, you know, find out what your bank account balances, right, uh, through a chat. Right. That's a very uh-huh. specific, right, domain-specific language model building and, and training a, a large language model is incredibly expensive um, and 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 again for it to be really effective there's only going to be a, a handful of large enterprises ironically those who dominate in cloud and ai historically mm-hmm. like the big fangs right the you know the, the you know facebooks the alphabets the microsofts it's you know it's the big boys you know nvidia has the chips but but nvidia's you know but is nvidia's not running the the, the cloud based architecture as well so right, no. so right. I don't think you're going to see millions of companies. You're going to see the blending of this, right? Meaning because they're they're being because what of what ChatGPT and OpenAI did is uh, open it up. To your point, it's almost going to force the other big boys um, and players to open up their kimonos. Yes. and which thank God because now as companies and others. It, it let them go fight it out, and now we get to actually use these things for our, whatever crazy purposes we want to use them, and it's not going to be locked up and just kept you know, behind you know uh, these, these walled gardens.
0: Does this get commoditized? I've heard that recently, that, that there's a risk that this whole thing just becomes ubiquitous and free.
3: Which would be great, <laughs> because I, it's the blend of the large language models with the domain-specific models. It's the orchestration of those two things, which really makes it powerful. So, for example— you know, if, I, if I'm having an HR discussion with a pers- with a fully programmatic um, AI experience, with, and I'm trying to to evaluate somebody who wants to join our company, y- y- you can do it right now. We have it, Wade and Wendy, right? Panda Logic, company yep. we own, does that very effectively. But if, but in the context of the conversation, if you want to get to know the person and ask them, hey, you know, let tell me about you know what what's the recent you know sporting events? What what kind of sports are you interested in, in your local market, right? The, the bot just sits there and doesn't know what to do. Now you can orchestrate mm-hmm. a large language model, right, in, in coordination with these hyper-trained domain, domain-specific models, and you can have a real conversation. You can really learn a lot more about Chad and Joel, about what makes them tick, what they like and they don't like, in context of the real world. So I think it's going to be the the blending of the commodity, and again, I'm, I don't want to minimize the power, the, the brilliance of what these guys are putting in market, but I do think that everybody's going to be able to tap into the large language models. It's going to be how you use it and how you differentiate it to make it work for your business.
1: So what you're saying is we, we have companies that are out there right now that are domain specific and they are tight on what they know, the the application process, the interview process, etc., 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 right? They know their shit and they've got tons of data, decades of data, right? But then could you play that almost in series with a large Data model, so that it would like it would automatically know. Oh, wait a minute, this isn't a part of the specific domain, so I have to go out to to large domain. Is that what you're saying? So that the actual chatbots could have different training models that they would actually be working
3: off of. Exactly, and they're calling it the you know see some terms about chained language models and and uh-huh. orchestrated language models, and that and they're doing that now. In context, in the same conversation, that's what's so dynamic now, right? And that, of course, you can choose to go one path, chat GPT, right, public Uh large language model, or you can go domain specific, like HR, you know, HR panel. Now you're going to blend it in the same conversation, which, by Uh the way, is like having a conversation with a human, right? So if you're talking to your surgeon, right, your surgeon can go very, very deep, right, domain specific, let's say about, Uh you know, spinal surgery, but that same surgeon, can, you can have a conversation, depending on, well, h- how charismatic he is, and you could break the conversation but, you know, and, and have a conversation about sports, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, I think you're going to – that's where I think the differentiating value is going to be for a lot of companies and, and people who are applying these technologies is how do you blend these different AI solutions in a congruous, seamless experience that uh-huh. is going to be the, the magic
0: pivoting to sort of our space a little bit, Ryan, we've heard about scams on job seekers for a long time. From my perspective, this technology and deep fakes and sounding like the CEO, right, as a, as a robot, where does this thing go in terms of scams on job seekers? How dark is it going to get?
3: I mean, it's going to be messy, right? I think that it's going to, uh, there's going to be a lot of time um, and inefficiencies trying to, for you know both sides of the equation to figure out, okay, Geez, I, I feel like I'm being recruited. I'm I'm gonna spend time. Am I supposed to actually show up for a live video interview, or am I gonna show up and find out that there's nobody there? Or uh, or inversely, you're seeing a lot of now bots applying for jobs. Right, they're just flooding the systems on the other side, yeah. and they're yep. and they're actually able to to answer questions. So you know, I think it's gonna take time for for all of us. I mean, we're in this business um, for us to you know to, to to try to make it more efficient. Um, you know, the I, and so I think in the immediate short term. Is you're going to have to see, you know, it, it, you know, it's going to help create, it, it's going to help expedite a lot of the process. But I think mm-hmm. you're going to see a bottleneck where actually human to human interaction at some point it's going to have to become back into context here just to validate right the truth behind the situation. So because again, some some CEOs are open; they they're not trying to hide. It. They want to use their fake voice or their synthetic digital twin to to because to, they they feel that's part of the experience of you're pl- applying for Tesla. And they Mm -hmm. want and they want to use their voice versus other groups who are using it as a spoof. So, again, I I, I don't think there's a perfect solution um, to to verify. Right. The the integrity of the human in the short term. And that's going to work itself out over time.
1: Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating?
0: <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. TextKernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, TextKernel uh-huh. brings
1: efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies
0: your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey
1: Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit Techskernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com.
0: Mmm, nachos.
2: (laughs) Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireROI.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
0: So you mentioned in one of your interviews, like if someone asks you for money, like that should be a red flag, right? That that's something that everyone should look out for. In our business, it's if they ask you for a social security number, if they ask you for you know intimate information or bank account information, what should job seekers be looking for uh, to keep them safe?
3: Yeah, I mean any PII information to that level is a big no-no. You know, personal identifiable information. You know, your address. I mean, anything for you know, forget just spoofing. I mean, just you know, self. Preservation and protecting yourself is imp- is imperative. The challenge for us is, you know, people who are older are more skeptical, right? It's the it's the generation below us that's terrifying. I mean, they've they've been willing to compromise, right? Their personal information to get, you know, a little bit higher scale in in this in their Snap social circles, right? And and that's what's really scary is again the younger generation, um, ha- you know, that again definitively have. Actively and in many cases are aware that they're giving up their personal information to experience a social dynamic. So I think we're there, um, and that's one good news. The good news about what you just said is we can identify a lot of those things. It's 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 like creating an index of certain things that should not be disclosed. Um, there's redaction-based software that's been around for a long time. That also is getting very good and sophisticated. So our ability yeah. to identify what is a phone number, what is a social, potential social security number, um, we can be overly conservative on, on a lot of these things. Are there going to be gaps and holes and loopholes? Of course. But, again, our, our big thing is, you know, if somebody's really interested, you very rarely are they going to ask you for any personal, personal identifiable information mm-hmm. outside of stuff that, you know, just common sense of, you know, I mean, are they going to ask you what your GPA was at UCLA? Who knows? But, again, I think rule of thumb is – don't share any personal information. They really want if they're if you're going to get to that next level, somebody will call you back and they'll re-engage you. So
1: tell us about some of the biggest challenges Veritone is solving for customers today with AI, with uh, the these voice models with with chatbots.
3: What are you doing to help companies and, and why? Why is it a problem? Well, let's start. Well, we talked earlier about like how AI's progressed. So let's talk about. I'll put it in context of one big media customer. So mm-hmm. CBS News. So CBS News is a, is a big customer of ours. Um, we And what we do it starts with us ingesting all of their content. So they have tons and tons of programming. they have their legacy archive, the Apollo moon landing footage, right that goes back you know, decades. So number one is we help ingest and organize all their content, and we use AI models. Mm-hmm. And so instead of humans having to look through and listen to all that content, we have AI models that sift through it and identify when Walter Cronkite's speaking. Right. When there's a spaceship on, you know, in, the, in the, the lunar module capsules on screen, the AI does that. So it's organizing it. What you're seeing now is that when they say, OK, geez, can we remaster something like this footage is cool? But we can't yeah. really hear Walter Cronkite's voice. Can we can we remaster his voice? And, and but we want to keep the authenticity of the grainy video. But but again, we, we can't hear half the things he's saying yeah. now, you know, again, with approval and permissions um, you can do that. Um, so you can start to now go from, you know, not just indexing. And I'd say like that's kind of like the, the a, version A1 of cognitive services that But now it's extension. It's it's we, we can actually create new derivatives of the content. Synthetic voice is one of them. Obviously, we can clone Walter Cronkite's voice um, and we can and we can turn that into a potentially with approval original new programming, a whole new series, right, narrated by Walter Cronkite. If that's if that's the goal. So I think what you're seeing now is companies, by the way, it's a daunting task. You know, Moore's law. The joke is is Moore's law, which was obviously the the the, the, the ever increasing speed of technology innovation is mm-hmm. obsolete. It's growing so much faster than the Moore's law is predicted. And right. Companies are sitting around like, wait a minute. I thought guys were trying to figure out like the metaverse and NFTs. Like what happened? Like that was that was last month. Right. And now we have chat GPT. So for us it, with our customers we we are now almost like a wilderness guide like you know like with all these new technologies it's impossible for a lot of our customers to keep up on all these different things right uh-huh. and that's really where we are there's are so many different AI models coming onto it and 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 our core offering is called AIware right which is our sort of baseline operating system so we look at a large language model just like any other model right if you if, instead of running for face detection and if, if you want to incorporate, a, you know, a chat AI solution that includes a domain-specific model and a large language model, mm-hmm. it's a common infrastructure stack. And and that's the big thing is for our customers, whether it's an iHeart or a CBS News, if they're looking to do something new with all these new technologies coming to market, we're we're the one-stop shop. And and that's and so we're like the trusted AI partner tech partner for a lot of these companies and some of these ideas they're coming out with are crazy you know they're they're really original new ideas and you know interactive cartoons that are you know going to take it to a whole new level i mean what we're doing with cameo um and a lot of the bring interactivity to animated characters i mean you're going to start to see some really you know next generation stuff here in months not years wow
0: quick example of what you're doing with Cameo and some people may not know what Cameo is.
3: Cameo.com they they're, they've been around for a while. They they have like 55,000 celebrities and brands on there that if you want to have Chad and Joel like call you and sing you happy birthday, you can go to Cameo and you can pay to have usually somebody famous right do a custom call out to you. And not that you guys are not superstars, but, <laughs> but to get Tom Hanks to do it, you know they don't don't necessarily want to to, to voice everything, so right. we partner with cameo um and we started initially with children characters like the big um brands blippy and um Blippi. Yeah, and um blippy and uh, j and, and moonbug that whole phenomena cocoa melon that whole phenomena that now uh-huh. we're we launched this right before christmas that ki- that parents can come in and have a personalized gram from these characters s- call their you know speak to their kids sing them a happy birthday. Wish them, you know, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatnot. And, and, and that's kind of took off. And now kind of what we're teasing about here a little bit on the show is making those fully interactive experiences. So it's not just one way. It's these uh-huh. children are going to be able to, to interact back with these characters in real time.
1: So, so Veritone owns Wade and Wendy a chatbot for our industry. So will Wade and Wendy have their own voices sometime soon?
3: Yes, they will. <laughs> Wade and Wendy, we've kind of gone away from the, the, the branding of Wade and Wendy. It's just, uh-huh. it's more of, you know, I think that, that, you know, it's, it's made available in the commercial sense now through Pando select, but yes, I think you're going to have personas, right. That companies are going to use. And we're in the middle of making brand new personas for companies today. That's going to be their ambassador. Right, and it's not just a clone of the CEO's voice. They're they're coming up with a a unique new digital twin, digital digital version of. I think they're
0: getting away from Wade and Wendy because when I go to Wendy's for that double stack, I want actual Wendy's voice in that drive-through. <laughs> That's that, you're going to sell that to Wendy's, aren't you? I know what's going on. I know or Ben on.
3: Affleck's, right? He'll serve your Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I guess that was pretty awesome in the Super Bowl.
0: Yes, it was. Chad and I will live forever. I love that. I
3: love uh, that. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Which yeah, which means you know, uh, since our voices are already cloned, everybody out there in HR land, they're they're available. You know, it's so like I'll leave you this
3: morbid to- to point. So yes. right now, today, it's going to change fast. The laws because of what we're talking about—digital twins, copyright, and IP laws—are changing. But for you to protect your voice and your name and likeness, you need to die in California.
0: That escalated
3: quickly. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) That is dark. It is dark, right? And and then not only do you and so after you die in California, you then have to register or have your estate or a power of attorney register those attributes, right? So it becomes protected by statutory law. And not subject to argument in common law. So, and in ooh, California, ooh. California is obviously because of Hollywood and this, the, I'd yes. say, it was way ahead of the curve on, on that. But just the joke is that, you know, again, if you're going to near the end, capture, make sure you create your digital twin, and you got to make sure you get your death certificate in California so you can get your posthumous, your <laughs> like, protection of your IP.
0: I'm sure a progressive state like Indiana is right behind oh, California. Yeah. On that. Yeah, yeah, sure, no yeah, yeah. problem. No problem. <laughs> Ryan Steelberg, everybody.
1: Ryan, thanks so much. Sure. Thanks so much for, for coming back on the show. If somebody wants to find out more about Veritone or Pandalogic or the, the, the myriad of companies you guys actually own, where would you send them?
3: Just go to Veritone.com. I mean, it's the best way. You know, it's our corporate site. It can navigate you everywhere. And and what you're going to see over the next month you know, and is you know HR and HR tech is a mm-hmm. you know is um, is a huge focus of ours. You're going to see us investing even in more in that market. Say more, say more. Yeah, it's it's one of our most ubiquitous markets. I mean, we we have we, you mentioned we do a lot of different things. It's going to be a tight, crazy labor market here for the foreseeable future. And I, the last time I checked, every single business you know is not going to be completely automated with AI here shortly. And and, and everybody's looking to hire employees at some point over the course of their. And so it's one of our most ubiquitous offerings. And Pando is just the start. And, and we're really excited about investing more into that space.
0: Excellent. And we are excited to talk about it, whether it's really us or some robot. <laughs> and Chad, another one is in the books. We, we
3: out. Thank you, guys.
1: Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bugfights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggle-heads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. Let's save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.